chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. In the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So uh, this is the second Sunday of Advent, the day when we light the peace candle. Uh, and every year, the peace candle and this, you know, this beautiful song, Pachem, which means peace in Latin. We always talk about peace right smack in the middle of all the chaos of getting ready for Christmas. I don't know about you, but Christmas, right about now, it's getting a bit crazy. Am I right? Amen? It's getting a little crazy out there. Uh, you know, we got the decorating, and I'm a little, we're a little behind on that. This is my, Katie and I just got married last April, and we, this is our first year Christmas together. I hauled 20-something boxes out of Christmas decorations out of the garage the other day. So I don't know what that's going to end up being, but <laughs> apparently it's big around our house, <laughs> the decorating process. So that's going to take a couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, and then there's always the, the, the presents, right? Going out and buying. This is the most... This is the part that just fills me, grips me with so much anxiety because I'm scared of getting the wrong... I, you know, I can barely pick out what to have for lunch, let alone pick out gifts for everybody. And, and I, it just grips me with anxiety that I'm going to miss somebody or, or I'm going to get the wrong thing or I'm going to get something as a joke and they don't get it, right? <laughs> Those are the worst. <laughs> so, so it's just, you know, it's a time, it's a, it's a bit of a bit of a getting, getting uh, gripped with fear about that. And then you know, we're so busy. I, there are like 15, 13, 14 concerts going on in the church. There's, there is something going on in this building every day leading up to Christmas. And, uh, and we're all busy. I mean, there's parties and work parties and, and uh, things like that. And just It's busy, 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 busy. It's a busy time. And that, that kind of... It's anything but peaceful. And yet here we are lighting the, the peace candle and, and singing that beautiful song, wondering if we should clap. It's okay not to clap on the peace song, right? If it's the peace song, it's okay not to clap. That's okay. Just let it, let it sit there and enjoy that peace for just a moment because it, it's not going to last, right? <laughs> and in addition to that, every second Advent, every year, we talk about John the Baptist. And uh, to pair John the Baptist with the peace candle, I think that's some kind of inside joke that the people... Because there is, there is nothing peaceful about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is a troublemaker, a rabble rouser. He, he rouses the rabble. 
and he gets everyone worked up and he confronts everybody and he doesn't have any friends because he's just in your face the whole time. He's anything but peaceful uh, is John the Baptist. But we hear about him every second Advent and we're told that John comes and he is the one, the voice crying in the wilderness, make straight the paths of the Lord to prepare for His coming. In addition to that, we're told John the Baptist preached a baptism of repentance. And these two things come and go hand in hand, preparing and making straight a path for the Lord and this repentance uh, and being, you know, repent and be baptized, that business, that all kind of goes hand in hand. And I know when we normally think about baptism, or when we normally think about repentance, we think about this kind of personal personal piety thing, right? Like like we've done something wrong or we're doing something or we keep doing something wrong and, and the Lord convicts us of that and we we turn away from it and, and go in another direction. And it is about that. But, but part of what John is doing here is, is talking about, uh, is making repentance. The, the Hebrew word for repentance is shatuva. And, uh, oh no, I said that wrong. Teshuva. <laughs> I did that backwards. Teshuva, uh, which re- literally means to return. And so to, to repent is to return to God. And uh, so John is inviting us to return to God. But part of what John is doing, again, is stirring up trouble. And here's why. is because in John's day, when you said to someone uh, to to uh, teshuva to repent, when you told them to do that, that meant a certain thing. It meant that around Yom Kippur you would pack up your family and from wherever you would go, you would go down to Jerusalem. It was usually Yom Kippur, but you would do it other times too. But you would pack up your family and you would head down to Jerusalem or up to Jerusalem, and you would go to the temple and you would. You know, you'd go find a room and then you'd go to the temple and you would pay your temple tax, make sure you're caught up on all of that, and then you would have to go buy a couple of doves or if you were really going big, if you'd really sinned, you would get a ram or two and and you would take all of that over to the priest and of course you'd give the priest a little bit of a gift of some sort and the priest would put you in line with the million other people who were coming to Jerusalem for the same thing. And then hopefully they would go in and say the prayer of Shatuva for you. Or Teshuva. I keep mixing that up. Uh, I beg your pardon, my Hebrew friends. The <laughs> uh, uh, they would pray that prayer uh, of repentance on your behalf. Then you would be right with God. And so this, there was really a tight control on how this process happened. Uh, first of all, you had to have the means and the wherewithal to come and purchase, you know, to pack up your family and caravan down to Jerusalem and make all this happen. And you had to, you know, you had to make sure everyone's palm got greased along the way. Not only that, but if you were a say a prostitute or a tax collector or someone that, uh, or a you know, Roman soldier, if you were some of these things that the priest did not 
think there was any repentance for? That's it. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to sacrifice your dove for you. Good luck. I'm not going to you know, you are not worthy. You're beyond reproach. You're beyond saving. Good luck. You know, tax collectors, prostitutes, all those people who found their way to Jesus. And we're told by John that that's who came out to John. So John does a couple of things to subvert this whole power play that happens at the temple. The first thing John does is he calls everyone out into the wilderness. You see, Jerusalem was the seat of power. And the people who had power over this repentance, they were in Jerusalem. John said, you know what? Let's go out into the wilderness where they can't get a hold of us. We're going out to the wilderness. So he would go out into the margins, out into the wilderness, where there was none of that structure, there was none of that bureaucracy, there was none of that corruption, there was none of that control, that was, those power controls that was in the hands of the elite. The, and, and the second thing he did is he, he made it between you and God. He said, this is, uh, come, and, and he opened it to everybody. And he made it about justice. He made it equitable. He said, basically, he was saying, repentance and being right with God is something that is available not just to the elite, but to everyone. And you can kind of see this, not so much in Mark, but in Luke You see this because John confronts the Pharisees. He calls them a brood of vipers. And he tells them that their hypocrisy is showing all over the place. And that it's not their birthright to be righteous before God, but that they have to do it like everybody else. (laughs) They have to repent too. And then he goes on and people come to him and they say, well, John, what should we do? And what John says is if you have two cloaks, give one to someone who doesn't have any. And if you have food, you should do the same. And then the tax collectors were coming out to John and they said, John, what should we do? And John said, don't take any more than is prescribed. Don't take more than you should. Don't get greedy. I know you got a job to do, but, you know, because that's how tax collectors got rich is they not only took a little bit for Rome, but they took a lot for themselves as well. So the people who had nothing. They, John says, no, be fair about it. And a soldier comes to, to John. He says, what should I do? A soldier was basically the po- police officer at this time, right? He said, don't, don't extort money from people with, by threatening to make false claims against them. Basically, don't don't plant marijuana on someone just to get them in trouble, right? And stuff like that. So that you can shake them down for some money. Don't be corrupt. What is John talking about? John is talking about a repentance of justice. A just repentance. A just way of, of coming before God so that we're all equal before God. So that that particular uh, that particular gift and blessing of receiving God's forgiveness is not held by the power of a few, but distributed equally to all who are seeking God's love and seeking that right, deep, and abiding relationship with God. Amen?
So what does this mean for us as, as we hear John saying, prepare a way for this to happen. Prepare a way for the Lord. Repent and, and come before God. What does it mean for us to, to not only embrace a repentance that, return, that looks inside and says, what are the bad things I'm doing, but also looks around outside of us and says, and, and, and how, am I, how am I living justly and contributing to the just world we live in? And maybe, you know, for us preparing for the advent of Jesus Christ anew, at Christmas time, the, the return of, of Jesus being born again into our lives and into our hearts, as we prepare our hearts for that, maybe it is a, a time of really evaluating how we live. Maybe you, maybe you choose differently how the gifts you buy or the, the stores that you patronize with the question of justice in mind. Is this, is this a store that contributes to the justice of the world or is it a store that, that sucks it away and takes away from the just and equitable world God desires for us? Maybe it's a matter of, uh, of being a little more cognizant of how you're interacting with other people. Maybe the least of these spending. So it's a wonderful time of giving. Amen. In uh, around Christmas time, and maybe you're you're getting into that spirit and going and spending time, kind of taking the burden off of those who who do not have as much, uh, giving a portion of what you have to to making their burden light. Or maybe it is, and this is where the peace comes in. Maybe it is spending that time. Setting aside, making sure that we're not so caught up in the chaos that we forget what it's really about. That, that there is a relationship that is being born into the world. And we are being invited to participate in that. That, that the way, that jo- what John is saying is the way is straight. The path is made clear. I'm taking all of the bureaucratic red tape paperwork out of the way and it's just a a straight shot between yourself and God. And the only thing that's going to get in the way is you. (laughs) The only thing that's going to get in the way is you. Your own sense of whatever. Your own roadblocks. And maybe it's seeking out those times of peace. To get away from the nuttiness of Christmas. And to just spend that time taking advantage of the just path John cleared for us. And coming before God and just spending that time basking in the righteousness of it. Allowing God to shape our hearts. Point us in new directions. Open our eyes to things we haven't seen before. And draw us into that, that becoming that fertile soil. So that on Christmas morning, the light comes into the darkness and once again Jesus is born and the angels are singing and there is rejoicing. and We can be prepared to receive all that that means for us.
my prayer that we, in the middle of this chaos, really do experience the peace of Christ. Let us pray. Great and loving God, as we do seek to experience peace, it seems out of our reach in this chaotic, crazy world. Help us to not get sucked into it. Help us to remember that that you have called us into a relationship with you. Furthermore, you've called us to be agents of that relationship to this unjust world, unjust world. May we be part of the justice-making work that John began so long ago. We ask all this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.